Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Good evening, folks. It's time for your Tuesday evening edition of It's News to Us, our daily podcast, taking a look at the day's top stories here in Richmond. And our top story today really is our top story from yesterday as well. Um, They were continuing work out at the uh, AP Hill Monument uh, this morning. David, you didn't go out there today. Uh, Probably good because it was a little bit colder today than it was. A little bit colder today than it was yesterday. Um, But you were sort of monitoring things. And I guess now they've they've taken care of the big part of of, of what they were doing out there. Yes. So it took them um, a little while uh, or at least perhaps a little longer than they were expecting to actually find AP Hill's remains. Uh, and I think they were a little deeper down than maybe they had anticipated from what I understand. Um, but they did eventually find the remains, uh, the, the Oak casket had rotted away in the last, uh, 160 years. Um, so it was just the, the bones. And then I believe they found a belt buckle as well, the, not a buckle that would have belonged to AP Hill, um, and yes, they carried them out on a stretcher that they covered in a blanket and they've been sent off to, to Culpepper. Um, and I know, you know, there was uh, a bit less activity from what I saw of just like a crowd gathering yeah. around it today. But uh, I did see a few videos of some, uh, some sort of Confederate, Confederacy enthusiasts were there as well as some uh local activists and i think things got a little tense between those two groups but thankfully nothing nothing came of it yeah i I did see uh various video from from some of the folks that were there you know mentioning the tension um Mm -hmm. you know whether it was family members of hill wearing confederate not can you know it was confederate like flags it wasn't like that people were dressed up in confederate you know military reenactors yeah we're not reenactors but you know people and and it, and it's not clear if they were family members, you know, trying to honor the 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 you know our family members and friends trying to honor the 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 late general or what exactly it was that that was not made clear. But yes, there was there was some tension. You mentioned the uh, the belt buckle. I did see a few different reports on that that may have suggested that it may have been hills, but not necessarily in a list. I've, I've seen multiple reporting on that, so we 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 may yeah. leave that in a little more vague. Uh, category, but I don't think it's surprising that the casket uh, wore away. Um, yeah. You know, given its location, given what we were seeing, uh, and I think you saw as well, just the the um, water seeping through the monument. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, also, it probably dealt with vibrations from trucks and cars going by for for years. And remember, this was his third burial place. He's already been moved True. twice, so you know that that casket is already been put in the ground, lifted up, put in the ground, lifted up and put in the ground yet again. So, yes. So, you know, unless, unless they gave him a new casket each time, but still, you know, that's still a lot of, you know, 
lot of movement. So still been a good while. Yeah. So, but um, now they're still working on, now I guess the work still is continuing, but that's so they can make the intersection an intersection as compared mm-hmm. to a, a circle still at this, at this point. Yes. And it's not going to be a roundabout. It's just going to be a straight ahead intersection with lights um, is what they told me. So. Which is which which is which is good from the standpoint of circles are 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 annoying. I know they're traffic calming, and I know they have their benefits. But I have a circle by my house, and it is it is the most dangerous part of my drive. No joke, because nobody knows when to go in, when to stop, when to yield, and uh, all all it does is lead to people honking at each other for for a good couple of minutes. So, mm-hmm. so it will be an intersection with the light. So moving on, another story that we actually had yesterday and today, we've got two more people into the uh, fourth uh, congressional district race, uh, Senator, uh, State Senator Jennifer McClellan and uh, State Senator Joe Morrissey, both announcing within an hour of each other in two different cities. You know, basically, we couldn't go we couldn't get to both, uh, you know, without cloning people. Um, But uh, both made their announcement today. And what's interesting is they've literally got a week to, to, to convince people to vote for them because the primary is actually next Tuesday. So um, Joe Morrissey isn't too happy about that. He wanted it on Saturday, which would have been even fewer days, but he said it would have allowed more people to vote. But, uh, you know, well, because they're not going to put it had to be this Saturday because they're not going to put it on Christmas Eve. And really, they had yeah. to have a, a person in place by the 23rd anyway. So that wasn't even, you know, logistically possible. Um, whereas uh, McClellan says um, she believes a, a full week allows for people to, to to get around and, you know, make their cases real quick and convince people to vote. I know when I talked to Lamont Bagby yesterday, his reply was he can control the controllables and can't control the uncontrollables. And he's just going to let it be. And, you know, when people are, are supposed to vote, that's when they're voting. He'll try to, you know, try to convince the most people to vote for him. So that was, <laughs> that was, that was Lamont Bagby's uh, position on that. So we'll be keeping an eye on that through next, uh, next Tuesday and, and see how that results. Uh, you know, as we, as we head into the week before Christmas talking about elections, which is mm-hmm. you know, always fun. Um you handled another, uh, you know, pretty big story. Uh, Senator Warner talked about uh, TikTok, which is funny because, you know, this is where we do our all of our news updates uh, that I put on uh, Instagram and uh, occasionally on Twitter. I use the TikTok app to record them because it's pretty easy. What did uh, Senator Warner have to say in regards to TikTok? I know it's being banned by some state governments, but what did he have to say? Yeah, he, you know, he was asked about uh, whether or not he was sort of joining or signing on to the bill introduced by Marco Rubio, uh, which is, I believe, a bipartisan bill. But um, but Warner clarified that he's not a part of that uh, part of the the uh, the group who's already agreed, like signed on to it. Um, However, he does sort of agree for the with the need for this sort of thing, even if it's uh, not uh, necessarily he doesn't agree with all the details of Rubio's bill. Um, he basically, you know, expressed a lot of concerns about um, the privacy of the data of Americans and, you know, overwhelmingly uh, young people um, because uh, he uh, cited, uh, he said there have been, you know, there's been considerable evidence and exposés about um, basically the, engineers in uh, China working for ByteDance, which is the company who owns TikTok, um, have 
pretty uh, direct access to the data of its users. Um, and he pointed out that, you know, the law in China is that, you know, the, a company's allegiance is to uh, the Chinese government and the Chinese Communist Party and not to its shareholders or its users. Um, and that's where a lot of his um, concerns stem from is the security uh, concerns as well as um, uh, he think he had basically pointed out some things about the way algorithms work, you know, in China versus elsewhere. He called the, the version that Americans or Westerners get uh, the crack version of TikTok. Um, so, yeah, he he wants he says the ju- Biden's Justice Department has been saying for a while now that uh, they have a way to protect this data and sort of keep it safe from ByteDance, um, but they haven't uh, done anything with it yet or haven't clarified what that plan is. So he said he's getting impatient and if nothing comes uh, from that soon, he thinks legislation uh, might be a good solution. Understanding that I just threw this story at you earlier this afternoon, what what does the Rubio bill uh, do uh, in general? Uh, I think, at it, you know, I haven't delved into the real intricacies of it, but the way at least I understand it is it bans TikTok in the U.S. Um, I don't know how it intends to enforce that or how it would do that, you know, because it's, you know, hundreds of millions of people in the U.S. use TikTok. So that would be, uh, you know, that would be a pretty major shakeup. Um, and, you know, Ru- uh, excuse me, Warner pointed out that, uh, you know, uh, members of the armed forces aren't allowed to have TikTok for the security reasons. Members of, you know, several state governments have already started taking steps to ban it among their employees. Um, but I believe Rubio's plan is just to sort of extend that even, even more broadly. Understood. Um, and obviously it'll be interesting to see how this goes forward. I know uh, in Maryland, they banned it on government phones. I believe Mm -hmm. they're looking to ban it in Texas or if they haven't already. And I think one other state, I can't remember. South Dakota. South Dakota. Uh, All of which, by the way, have Republican governors, um, just interesting to know. Um, and I know I know President Trump was fairly against TikTok when he was in office um, as well. Um, I know there was a lot of discussion of that as well. Um, mm-hmm. And this is not to make it a political thing. Again, we're talking about data and data harvesting and, and you know, potential misuse overseas. So we're not, not making it into a Democrat versus Republican thing, just more yeah. talking in general about privacy and data. So um, moving on to another story we covered, um, masks may be returning in limited capacity to a couple of local schools. Um, this is the result of a settlement over a lawsuit involving the Americans with Disabilities Act. Basically, parents at two local schools, as well as 10 other schools around the state, sued saying that masks were a reasonable accommodation under the ADA. And that lawsuit was settled this week. And basically at those two schools, which are Enon Elementary and Cuyacuson Middle, um, parents of disabled students can request that classmates wear masks, um, you know, as a reasonable accommodation for, 
for their children. Now, the school must go through a process of determining if the masks are required. They can also look at other things like social distancing and better ventilation. And parents who don't want a mask also get accommodations such as, hey, you know, I want to sit in a different location or possibly even be moved to another classroom. But we could see some limited mask requirements returning um, at these just these two schools right now. Um, at least according to the settlement, you may see some other agreements made later on. But that's, you know, again, masks continue to be an issue as they've been for the last <laughs> last two years. Yeah. Um, and 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 one final story uh, that you covered, um, and we've talked about this a couple of times, there was that incident uh, shooting in the parking lot of a uh, Walmart um, in Henrico, which probably got a little bit of an oversized emphasis because it occurred right after the mass shooting at the Walmart in Chesapeake. But uh, mm-hmm. Henrico police have continued to investigate it. I know that there was an arrest made a while back, um, but I guess now there's been a second arrest. What were the details there? Yes. So they made the initial arrest two days after the shooting actually happened. Uh, and they arrested uh, an 18 year old in connection with this, uh, who has been charged with um with second degree murder and uh, commission of a firearm uh, or use possession of a firearm in commission of a felony. I'm, I'm probably butchering the exact terms. Actually, you got, you uh, got to write this. You got to write the last time I can tell you that much. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, you know, but they have continued to work on this investigation um, and they are continuing to work on this investigation, but on uh, the 12th, they received warrants for, or they obtained warrants for um, another suspect, a 23-year-old, who then later that night, early in the morning of this morning, the 13th, uh, turned himself into a Henrico County Jail without any incident. Um, so that, and he's been charged, or it will be charged with the same two uh, charges likely because that's what his warrants are for. Um, they said it, when I asked, they said it's not clear yet, or at least they can't share yet. Um, you know, the, the nature of what happened or, you know, how each was involved since they're currently, you know, being charged probably for the same things. Um, but, uh, they have now arrested two suspects. They emphasize that, this is still an ongoing thing and they want information if anyone out there has information, but they didn't say if they're expecting if to, you know, arrest anyone else in, in uh, connection with this. Understood. And, and again, I said, you know, this got over overemphasized in part because it followed the, the, um, the incident down in Chesapeake, which truth be told, it's a lot similar to a shooting that occurred at a Walmart parking lot in Chesterfield um, mm-hmm. a few weeks before the Chesapeake incident. So um, we'll obviously learn more details as time goes on. But again, a second arrest has been made in that in that incident um, that occurred at the Walmart on, on Parham, which was a busy, busy shopping. Uh, it is a busy shopping area, was a busy shopping area um, and, mm-hmm. you know, caught a, caught a lot of people uh, off guard. So that has been uh, the Tuesday evening edition of its news to us. Like is, like we said, a lot of stories that were were continuing from Monday, but also some new stuff as well. Uh, David, thank you for your work today. A lot of good stuff. A lot, a lot of good work uh, yesterday, standing out in the cold, watching uh, the monument come down yesterday. So uh, good work there. So for Thanks. David Lefkowitz, I'm News Director Matt Demline. 
We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.